Section 8 of The Blue Poetry Book, edited by Andrew Lang. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Elizabeth of Bohemia You meaner beauties of the night which poorly satisfy our eyes, more by your number than your light, you common people of the skies, what are you when the moon shall rise? Ye violets that first appear by your pure purple mantles known, like the proud virgins of the year, as if the spring were all your own, what are you when the rose is blown? Ye curious chanters of the wood, that warble forth dame nature's lays, thinking your passions understood by your weak accents, what's your praise when Philomel her voice doth raise? So when my mistress shall be seen in form and beauty of her mind, by virtue first, then choice, a queen, tell me, if she were not designed, the eclipse and glory of her kind. By Sir Henry Wotton Cherry Ripe There is a garden in her face, where roses and white lilies blow. A heavenly paradise is that place wherein all pleasant fruits do grow. There cherries grow that none may buy, till cherry ripe themselves do cry. Those cherries fairly do enclose of orient pearl a double row, which, when her lovely laughter shows, they look like rosebuds filled with snow. Yet them no peer nor prince may buy, till cherry ripe themselves do cry. Her eyes like angels watch them still, her brows like bended boughs do stand, threatening with piercing frowns to kill all that approach with eye or hand these sacred cherries to come nigh, till cherry ripe themselves do cry. Anonymous Morning Pack clouds away, and welcome day, with night we banish sorrow. Sweet air blow soft, mount lark aloft, to give my love good morrow. Wings from the wind to please her mind, notes from the lark I'll borrow. Bird prune thy wing, nightingale sing, to give my love good morrow, to give my love good morrow. Notes from them all I'll borrow. Wake from thy nest, robin redbreast, sing birds in every furrow. And from each hill let music shrill. Give my fair love good morrow. Blackbird and thrush in every bush. Stare linnet and cocksparrow. You pretty elves amongst yourselves. Sing my fair love good morrow. To give my love good morrow. Sing birds in every furrow. Thomas Haywood Death the Leveller the glories of our blood and state are shadows, not substantial things. There is no armor against fate. Death lays his icy hand on kings. Scepter and crown must tumble down, and in the dust be equal made with the poor crooked scythe and spade. Some men with swords may reap the field and plant fresh laurels where they kill, but their strong nerves at last must yield. They tame but one another still. Early or late, they stoop to fate, and must give up their murmuring breath, when they, pale captives, creep to death. 
the garlands wither on your brow then boast no more your mighty deeds upon death's purple altar now see where the victor victim bleeds your heads must come to the cold tomb only the actions of the just smell sweet and blossom in their dust james shirley annan water annan water's wading deep and my love annie's wondrous bonny and i am loath she should wet her feet because i love her best of onny he's looping on his bonny grey he rode the great gate and the ready for all the storm he wadna stay for seeking of his bonny lady and he has ridden o'er field and fell through moor and moss and many a mire his spurs of steel were sair to bide and from her forefeet flew the fire my bonny grey now play your part if ye be the steed that wins my dearie with corn and hay you'll be fed for aye and never spur shall make you weary the grey was a mare and a right good mare but when she wan the annan water she could not have ridden the ford that night had a thousand mercs been wadded at her o oh, boatman boatman put off your boat put off your boat for golden money but for all the gold in fair scotland he dared not take him through to annie oh i was sworn so late yestreen not by a single oath but money i'll cross the drumly stream tonight or never could i face my honey the side was stay and the bottom deep from bank to brae the water pouring the bonny grey mare she swat for fear for she heard the water kelpie roaring he spurred her forth into the flood i watched she swam both strong and steady but the stream was broad and her strength did fail and he never saw his bonny lady author unknown to a waterfowl whither midst falling dew while glow the heavens with the last steps of day far through their rosy depths dost thou pursue thy solitary way vainly the fowler's eye might mark thy distant flight to do thee wrong as darkly painted on the crimson sky thy figure floats along seekest thou the plashy brink of weedy lake or marge of river wide or where the rocking billows rise and sink on the chafed ocean side there is a power whose care teaches thy way along that pathless coast the desert and illimitable air lone wandering but not lost all day thy wings have fanned at that far height the cold thin atmosphere yet stoop not weary to the welcome land though the dark night is near and soon that toil shall end soon shalt thou find a summer home and rest and scream among thy fellows reeds shall bend soon o'er thy sheltered nest thou art gone the abyss of heaven hath swallowed up thy form yet on my heart deeply hath sunk the lesson thou hast given and shall not soon depart he who from zone to zone guides through the boundless sky thy certain flight in the long way that i must tread alone will lead my steps aright. William Cullen Bryant 
So we'll go no more a-roving. So we'll go no more a-roving, So late into the night, Though the heart be still as loving, And the moon be still as bright. For the sword outwears its sheath, And the soul wears out at the breast, And the heart must pause to breathe, And love itself have rest. Though the night was made for loving, And the day returns too soon, Yet we'll go no more a-roving By the light of the moon. Lord Byron Song Where the bee sucks, there suck I. In a cowslip's bell I lie. There I couch when owls do cry. On the bat's back I do fly, All the summer merrily. Merrily, merrily shall I live now, Under the blossom that hangs on the bough. Come unto these yellow sands, And then take hands. Curtsied when you have, and kissed, the wild waves whist, foot it featly here and there, and sweet sprites the burthen bear. Hark, hark, bow wow, the watchdogs bark, bow wow, hark, hark, I hear the strain of strutting chanticleer, cry cock a diddle dow. William Shakespeare. The Land o' the Leal. I'm wearing a wa, Jean. Like Snorris in the thaw, Jean. I'm wearing awa to the land of the leal. There's nae sorrow there, Jean. There's neither cold nor care, Jean. The day is I fair in the land o' the leal. Ye were I leal and true, Jean. Your task's ended now, Jean. And I'll welcome you to the land o' the leal. Our bonny bairn's there, Jean. She was baith good and fair, Jean. Oh, we grudged her right sair. To the land o' the leal. Then dry that tearful ye, Jean. My soul longs to be free, Jean, and angels wait on me to the land o' the leal. Now fare ye weel, my ain Jean. This world's care is vain, Jean. We'll meet, and I be fain, in the land o' the leal. By Lady Nairn. Song of the Emigrants in Bermuda. Where the remote Bermudas ride, in the ocean's bosom unespied, from a small boat that rode along, the listening winds received this song. What should we do but sing his praise, that led us through the watery maze, where he the huge sea-monsters racks, that lift the deep upon their backs, unto an isle so long unknown, and yet far kinder than our own. He lands us on a grassy stage, safe from the storms and prelates' rage. He gave us this eternal spring, which here enamels everything, and sends the fowls to us in care on daily visits through the air. He hangs in shades the orange bright, like golden lamps in a green night, and does in the pomegranate's clothes jewels more rich than Ormus shows, he makes the figs our mouths to meet, and throws the melons at our feet. But apples, plants of such a price, no tree could ever bear them twice. With cedars chosen by his hand, from Lebanon he stores the land, and makes the hollow seas that roar proclaim the ambergris on shore. He cast, of which we rather boast, the gospel's pearl upon our coast, 
and in these rocks for us did frame a temple where to sound his name oh let our voice his praise exalt till it arrive at heaven's vault which then perhaps rebounding may echo beyond the mexique bay thus sung they in the english boat a holy and a cheerful note and all the way to guide their chime with falling oars they kept the time andrew marvell the light of other days oft in the stilly night ere slumber's chain has bound me fond memory brings the light of other days around me the smiles the tears of boyhood's years the words of love then spoken the eyes that shone now dimmed and gone the cheerful hearts now broken thus in the stilly night ere slumber's chain has bound me sad memory brings the light of other days around me when i remember all the friends so linked together i've seen around me fall like leaves in wintry weather i feel like one who treads alone some banquet hall deserted whose lights are fled whose garlands dead and all but he departed thus in the stilly night ere slumber's chain has bound me sad memory brings the light of other days around me thomas moore the fire of driftwood we sat within the farmhouse old whose windows looking o'er the bay gave to the sea breeze damp and cold an easy entrance night and day not far away we saw the port the strange old-fashioned silent town the lighthouse the dismantled fort the wooden houses quaint and brown we sat and talked until the night descending filled the little room our faces faded from the sight our voices only broke the gloom we spake of many a vanished scene of what we once had thought and said of what had been and might have been and who was changed and who was dead and all that fills the hearts of friends when first they feel with secret pain their lives thenceforth have separate ends and never can be one again the first light swerving of the heart that words are powerless to express and leave it still unsaid in part or say it in too great excess the very tones in which we spake had something strange i could but mark the leaves of memory seemed to make a mournful rustling in the dark off died the words upon our lips as suddenly from out the fire built of the wreck of stranded ships the flames would leap and then expire and as their splendor flashed and failed we thought of wrecks upon the main of ships dismasted that were hailed and sent no answer back again the windows rattling in their frames the ocean roaring up the beach the gusty blast the bickering flames all mingled vaguely in our speech until they made themselves a part of fancies floating through the brain the long-lost ventures of the heart that send no answers back again o oh, flames that glowed o oh, hearts that yearned they were indeed too much akin the driftwood fire without that burned the thoughts that burned and glowed within henry wadsworth longfellow
The War Song of Dinas Var The mountain sheep are sweeter, but the valley sheep are fatter. We therefore deemed it meeter to carry off the latter. We made an expedition, we met an host and quelled it. We forced a strong position and killed the men who held it. On Dyfed's richest valley where herds of kine were browsing, we made a mighty sally to furnish our carousing. Fierce warriors rushed to meet us. We met them and o'erthrew them. They struggled hard to beat us, but we conquered them and slew them. As we drove our prize at leisure, the king marched forth to catch us. His rage surpassed all measure, but his people could not match us. He fled to his hall pillars, and ere our force we led off, some sacked his house and cellars, while others cut his head off. We there in strife bewildering spilt blood enough to swim in. We orphaned many children and widowed many women. The eagles and the ravens we glutted with our foemen, the heroes and the cravens, the spearmen and the bowmen. We brought away from battle, and much their land bemoaned them, two thousand head of cattle, and the head of him who owned them. Ednifed, king of Dyfed, his head was born before us, his wine and beasts supplied our feasts, and his overthrow our chorus. By Thomas Love Peacock Arethusa Arethusa arose from her couch of snows in the Acroceronian mountains, from cloud and from crag, with many a jag shepherding her bright fountains. She leapt down the rocks with her rainbow locks streaming among the streams, her steps paved with green the downward ravine which slopes to the western gleams. And gliding and springing she went, ever singing, in murmurs as soft as sleep. The earth seemed to love her, and heaven smiled above her as she lingered towards the deep. Then Alpheus bold on his glacier cold, with his trident the mountains struck, and opened a chasm in the rocks with the spasm all Arimanthus shook and the black south wind it concealed behind the urns of the silent snow, and earthquake and thunder did rend in sunder the bars of the springs below. The beard and the hair of the river god were seen through the torrent's sweep, as he followed the light of the sweet nymph's flight to the brink of the Dorian deep. Oh, save me, oh, guide me, and bid the deep hide me, for he grasps me now by the hair. The loud ocean heard to its blue depth stirred and divided at her prayer. And under the water the earth's white daughter fled like a sunny beam. Behind her descended her billows unblended with the brackish Dorian stream. Like a gloomy stain on the emerald main, Alpheus rushed behind, as an eagle pursuing a dove to its ruin down the streams of the cloudy wind. Under the bowers where the ocean powers sit on their pearled thrones, through the coral woods of the weltering floods, over heaps of unvalued stones, 
through the dim beams which amid the streams weave a network of colored light and under the caves where the shadowy waves are as green as the forest's night outspeeding the shark and the swordfish dark under the ocean foam and up through the rifts of the mountain cliffs they passed to their dorian home and now from their fountains in enna's mountains down one vale where the morning basks like friends once parted grown single-hearted they ply their watery tasks at sunrise they leap from their cradles steep in the cave of the shelving hill at noontide they flow through the meadows below and the meadows of asphodel and at night they sleep in the rocking deep beneath the ortygian shore like spirits that lie in the azure sky when they love but live no more percy bish shelley the day is done the day is done and the darkness falls from the wings of night as a feather is wafted downward from an eagle in his flight i see the lights of the village gleam through the rain and the mist and a feeling of sadness comes o'er me that my soul cannot resist a feeling of sadness and longing that is not akin to pain and resembles sorrow only as the mist resembles the rain come read to me some poem some simple and heartfelt lay that shall soothe this restless feeling and banish the thoughts of day not from the grand old masters not from the bards sublime whose distant footsteps echo through the corridors of time for like strains of martial music their mighty thoughts suggest life's endless toil and endeavor and to-night i long for rest read from some humbler poet whose songs gush from his heart as showers from the clouds of summer or tears from the eyelids start who through long days of labor and nights devoid of ease still heard in his soul the music of wonderful melodies such songs have power to quiet the restless pulse of care and come like the benediction that follows after prayer then read from the treasured volume the poem of thy choice and lend to the rhyme of the poet the beauty of thy voice and the night shall be filled with music and the cares that infest the day shall fold their tents like the arabs and as silently steal away. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow Song A weary lot is thine, fair maid, A weary lot is thine, To pull the thorn thy brow to braid, And press the rue for wine. A lightsome eye, a soldier's mien, A feather of the blue, A doublet of the Lincoln green, No more of me you knew, my love, no more of me you knew this morn is merry june i trow the rose is budding fain but she shall bloom in winter snow ere we two meet again he turned his charger as he spake upon the river shore he gave his bridle reins a shake said adieu for evermore my love and adieu for evermore sir walter scott the two april mornings we walked along while bright and red uprose the morning sun, and Matthew stopped, he looked and said, The will of God be done. A village schoolmaster was he, 
with hair of glittering gray, as blithe a man as you could see on a spring holiday. And on that morning through the grass and by the steaming rills, we traveled merrily to pass a day among the hills. Our work, said I, was well begun, then from thy breast what thought beneath so beautiful a sun so sad a sigh has brought. A second time did Matthew stop, and fixing still his eye upon the eastern mountain top, to me he made reply. Yon cloud with that long purple cleft brings fresh into my mind a day like this which I have left full thirty years behind. And just above yon slope of corn such colors and no other were in the sky that April morn, of this the very brother. With rod and line I sued the sport which that sweet season gave, and to the churchyard come stopped short beside my daughter's grave. Nine summers had she scarcely seen, the pride of all the vale, and then she sang, she would have been a very nightingale. Six feet in earth my Emma lay, and yet I loved her more, for so it seemed, than till that day I e'er had loved before. And turning from her grave I met, beside the churchyard you, a blooming girl whose hair was wet with points of morning dew. A basket on her head she bare, her brow was smooth and white. To see a child so very fair, it was a pure delight. No fountain from its rocky cave e'er tripped with foot so free. She seemed as happy as a wave that dances on the sea. There came from me a sigh of pain which I could ill confine. I looked at her and looked again and did not wish her mine. Matthew is in his grave yet now. Methinks I see him stand as at that moment with a bough of wilding in his hand. By William Wordsworth End of Section 8 of The Blue Poetry Book Edited by Andrew Lang